You're listening to The Voice. Benvenuti a Leuven. Leuven, Jürgen. Добро пожаловать в Leuven. Bienvenue à Leuven. Willkommen in Leuven. Leuven에 오신 걸 환영합니다. Welcome in Leuven. Hello, Leuven. This is The Voice on Radio. I'm Nicholas Rojas, NLB, today's host. Today we have something very special prepared. And this is an amazing show that we are doing in two languages, so we are doing it in both Spanish and in English, and you'll be able to find both shows on a Spotify and podcast later on as well after the show. And right now, if you're listening to live, it is going from 5 to 6 in English, and then you'll have it in, in Spanish from 6 to 7 if you want to listen to it as well, because we are doing both completely new, so we're just taking some details, but it's not just copy-paste translated, we're doing some effort in it. And well, today I have someone very special joining us, she is a new writer for the magazine, she comes from Ecuador, and her name is Stephanie Vallencela. Hi Stephanie, how are you? Hi Nicolas, thank you so much for inviting me to, to this show, for me it's really a pleasure to you know, be able to share a little bit of uh, Latin American culture. So I'm very excited for this journey, this musical journey through our music. Um, yes, indeed. I think it was about time to do a show on Latin America because we had already been planning for a long time, but we haven't had the chance. And well, now with the quarantine, we are like, okay, let's do it. I mean, maybe the audio quality will not be the same, but still we want to bring you the best content or to bring the best content to all of our listeners. And well, before moving on, I'd like to ask you one simple question, but it may be a little bit hard to answer at first, but let's see what you think about it. For you, what does it mean to be Latin American? What is that Latin American identity that we have within us? Uh, it's actually very funny, because uh, for a Latin American, while you are in Latin America, is to ask what it, what it is like to be, is like asking a fish, what is it? water what is water for them <laughs> uh, it is the same i think it actually needs for us uh, latin americans to be out of our countries to be able to have some perspective and actually see you know other cultures and experience uh, the differences and to see oh, okay i think uh, we actually have some things in common and this is what uh, latin american culture is uh, but if i can start a little with I think it will be like the warmth of our culture, how we are so social, we are always, uh, I don't know, we are enjoying life, um, laughing, sharing with friends, dancing, I don't know, but I, I think uh, when people say Latin Americans are loud, I, I used to be like a little bit, okay, I don't know, but yeah. We're definitely loud, but in a, def in a very good way. What do you think, Nicolas? <laughs> I totally agree with you because, as you said, when you're Latin American, you think that people from other countries are saying like, oh, Latin Americans are so loud and all that, you're, nah, it's normal, I mean, I'm doing fine here, I'm not that loud, but then you come to live in this kind of European countries, and when you have like a gathering or something, you have the Latin Americans, including ourselves, that then we speak really loud at first, we speak a lot. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, yes, maybe maybe we are a bit loud with, with our conversations and with how we are. And I'd say that as well something that identifies us as Latin Americans is the Spanish language. Because sometimes in English you can be very precise in a, with a sentence. So if you have something that you want to say, then you can put it in just one sentence and it's more than clear. Well, in Spanish, 
even if it is possible to put it in just one sentence, we like to make like a paragraph out of it and try to explain something very simple with so many complicated words, articulated words. It's crazy, but it's part of our culture. Uh, and I like it personally. What do you think about it? What do you think with the Spanish language, the effect that it has on our identity, on our culture? I think uh, now, I mean, both of us and I think all of, all of our listeners are studying in English. English is such a good language when it comes to research, you know, because it's very technical, it's very direct. You can pretty much take out feelings and emotions out of whatever you're sharing. With Spanish, I don't think you have the same opportunity that everything comes uh, with a subtle message of how you're feeling and a little bit poetic. And of course, with a lot more, you know, a little bit uh, that could be explained in, in English is like, it's gonna be a lot if it come, it's, it's coming in Spanish and from a Latin American speaker. We also have to make that difference because we, um, I think there is also that uh, confusion of people say, ah, oh, but you're Spanish. No, 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 no. We are Latin American. Like there is a huge difference. We just share the language, but actually, right? I think uh, our cultures are miles apart and not only geographically. Yeah, it, it's totally true because, okay, we may understand each other language. Well, we speak Spanish and Latin American in Spain, so it's easy to understand each other. But if you think about expressions and all that, it's easier for another Latin American country to understand an expression of a specific country within the region than actually for Spanish to do it. So, so I think that indeed there is that differentiation there that makes it kind of different, Latin America from Spain. We'll discuss a little bit more about Latin America further on with the show. Uh, but first, I'd like to invite all of our listeners, if you're not following us already, to follow us on our social media. You can find us on our website, thevoiceluven.be, or in the video.be website under The Voice tab. On Facebook, you can find us as The Voice International Student Publication, on Instagram as thevoice.kluven or The Voice Student Magazine. And finally, you can follow all of our podcasts on Spotify, podcast.com, and Mixcloud as The Voice on Radio. In case you don't find us with The Voice on Radio, because sometimes we having some difficulties with people finding us with that name you can just type the voice k living and for sure you'll find us there's an orange logo really beautiful so follow us and listen to all of our shows i think that we are ready for our first song and okay let's try to explain a little bit the dynamic that we'll follow here so we want to show you a little bit of the Latin American traditions, the Latin American culture from arts, from the music. So we'll start with some songs from the south of Latin America. So we'll start with all of the region of Uruguay, Argentina, Paraguay, and we'll move to the north, more like to Brazil and other countries in the in the central region of Latin America and then through Central America. And we'll discover each of the cultures with the genres or the main genres of Latin America. I think we are now ready for our first song. And well, Stephanie, what do you have prepared for us as the first song for today's show? Okay, so we have decided to start this journey through Latin America from the south. So we're going to listen to a tango from the Uruguayan uh, artist Gerardo Matos Rodriguez. So a little bit about tango. Tango is um, a, a musical genre shared by Argentina and Uruguay. It's a genre that has been deeply influenced by these uh, European migrations after the Second World War. It's actually, it's an, it can be like an hybridization of, of music in this, in this region. But uh, by some poets, it has been called um, 
un pensamiento triste que se baila, which is translated to a thought you can dance to. So let's listen to our first song, La Comparsita de Gerardo Matos Rodríguez.
that was La Comparsita by Gerardo Matos Rodriguez. And I think it's time now to talk a little bit about The Voice as usual. And well, Stephanie will start with some articles that we can find right now on our website. The microphone is all yours. Thank you so much. So our, our current uh, articles, okay, they are all talking a little bit about, of course, our, our situation with the coronavirus and our iso uh, the first article is actually on isolation and uncertainty you no know, what it really means and what can we do about it our emotional health is actually being threatened by by the situation of quarantine and being uh, away from our friends or our normal uh, social activities can be very hard or on our psychological state so I think it will be this article is very helpful to understand a little bit how what is happening in our in our brains actually uh, very physically and how we can tackle a little bit uh, and cope with the situation for our second article is actually an article I, I wrote on dogmatic economics and how they are even more um, easy to realize in during a global pandemic. So economics are kind of being seen as this religion that we cannot change and it's like all our, our modern existence really relying uh, on how economic does. But a lot of um, researchers and authors, they, they really wake us up, uh, try to wake us up and say the, the economic that we're running right and this at this moment they were created at some point and we can redesign them for our modern uh, lives and for our future because pretty much the way it's going uh, with destruction of our environmental ecosystems and uh, inequality it's time to act now and our uh, article is about rape culture no, what is rape culture in today's society is about putting words really and giving facts about this overall feeling of helplessness uh, and guilt no, from rape and sexual assault victims. So it should be really debated uh, what are we doing in our culture and why are we sexualizing men in such a negative way and why are we, how are we sexualizing women in, in such a negative way in this rape culture. So that's, uh, for me, some pretty serious, serious topics, but it's important also to keep an eye on them. So what do you have, Nicolette? Well, for my side, I have some new articles, some upcoming articles that will be coming the next weeks. So first we have an iron-based recipe against climate change. So I'll not spoil anything, but it's for our science section. Then we have as well a collaboration with Vito and an article on an interview in English with an Indian professor who is actually the Director of International Affairs at Jindal Global Law School about the necessary deepening of international education in a spiritual way. So this will be for international section. As well, you can still follow some more short stories by Adele in Still Life, a Pandemic Story in Parts that you can find on our website and on our Facebook page every day. We are now like in part 14 and 15, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not that sure right now. And finally, we'll have a new article on the economic impact of COVID-19 and the economic recession that the pandemic will eventually cause when all of this is over. If you're interested in writing for us for being here in a radio show as Stephanie or Lucia some weeks ago, you can just write us through our Facebook page and we'll be happy to have you join us in our team of writers and well, of radio hosts. 
we are ready for the news segment of the program. So what do you have for us today, Stephanie? So our first news is about artificial intelligence and the approach of Kyle Leuven. So some people might find it terrifying while others are super excited and can't wait to see it everywhere. But the fact is that artificial intelligence is already being introduced in so many aspects of our lives, from finances to social media, but actually hasn't been so analyzed and critically assessed by all, all, its, um, all its characteristics. So what Kyle Lubin is setting up, uh, uh, setting up a multidisciplinary group to actually approach artificial intelligence from the ethical, philosophical and legal approach. So let's see what happens with this collaboration in the coming years. Well, in other news, we all know that many people coming from different countries want to learn Dutch as soon as they arrive here in Leuven or in Belgium or French as well in case they are studying in Brussels campus or somewhere else in the country. And so Leuven and the KU Leuven University offered quite a lot of courses that people could follow and as well in Pangaya you had like this open conversation dialogue, I, I forgot the name of it, but it was an activity where you can learn a language talking to someone. But we know that due to the corona crisis this is not possible anymore, so Leuven is making a call for volunteers that actually want to teach like internationals, a little bit of the language, a little bit of the culture to help them get like synchronized with the culture and with living here in Leuven or in Belgium in general. So if there is a listener out there that can speak Dutch or French and is willing to give a hand to others trying to learn the language, you can just Google and find what you can do to, to sign up. Or you can write us as well and we can help you in the process of getting in contact with someone that wants to learn the language. That's all we have of news for today. So we are ready for our second song. So now we are moving from the south to a more central but east part of Latin America, a non-Hispanic part of Latin America. So we are moving to Brazil. And of course, if we're going to talk about Brazil, we have to mention the bossa nova. That is the main genre, well, the music genre, of the country and that has been worldwide recognized in jazz and all that but we'll talk a little bit about it a bit later but this song is called Corcovado by uh, Antonio Carlos Gobin enjoy it quiet nights of quiet stars quiet chords from my guitar floating on the silence that surrounds us Quiet thoughts and quiet dreams Quiet walks by quiet streams And a window that looks out on Corcovado Oh, how lovely Redentor, que lindo 
quero a vida sempre assim Com você perto de mim Até o apagar da velha chama E eu que era triste Descrente desse mundo Ao encontrar você eu conheci O que é felicidade, meu amor That was Corcovado by Antonio Carlos Gobim, the songwriter. And well, now we are moving forward to the actual interesting and exciting content of the show. And right now what we'll do is to try to discuss the songs that will be playing during the show. So we already played one from the South, one from Brazil. And the idea is to discuss them, to discuss the music genres and as well to mention some of the important kind of cultural aspects of this genre and as well how it has shaped the region from an artistic and cultural point of view. So we'll start with the first song that we heard a moment ago that was La Comparsita by Gerardo Mantos Rodriguez and well, Stephanie, can you tell us a little bit about the song? Okay, so La Comparsita, you probably heard uh, it might be familiar for some of you, it's because this is the most famous piece from the pianist, journalist, and composer Gerardo Matos Rodriguez. Gerardo Matos Rodriguez is actually Uruguayan, 
not Argentinian, like some people confuse it. And uh, he is one of the, the symbolic artists now of tango. So tango is a music style that, as I said before, it was originated uh, in this mix no, from the European immigrant populations of uh, Argentina and Uruguay. And uh, the indigenous gaucho, Hispanic, but also African and Italian, Italian and all this uh, ethnic European diversity. Most of the, the lyrics are often uh, written in a local slang that expresses the emotions of sadness of men and women when it comes to matters of love. Uh, but about this song, La Cumparcita, it's a very uh, sweet story. Actually, it was released in a, in a party for the Federation of Uruguayan Students, who at the time were facing economic struggles, uh, threatened to be evicted from their installations. So they started playing and singing these songs, walking down the streets of and cafes of Montevideo in Uruguay. And this is uh, to raise funds, of course, uh, to help themselves. But this is how this song became so popular. And it's really, uh, it's really like close to the heart of the people of Uruguay. So that's uh, for me, for the first song. What about El Corcovado? Well, The Corcovado first appeared in an album from a Brazilian guitarist, Joao Gilberto. So he's actually the one singing and playing the guitar in the song we just heard, but it was composed by Antonio Carlos Jobim, the one I mentioned. And we can say that the most famous version is the one you just listened to that appeared in an album of the American saxophonist Stan Getz and the Brazilian guitarist Joao Gilberto. And the album was called Getz Gilberto and it featured in the piano, of course, the composer Antonio Carlos Jobim. And well, now we'll move a little bit to the beginnings of the genre of the bossa nova. So we can say that Joao Gilberto is the father of Bossa Nova, but it all comes with a funny story. Joao Gilberto actually was a guy that liked playing the guitar quite a lot, but excessively a lot. <laughs> that he would lock himself in a bathroom and play for hours and hours and hours and hours, and he would get obsessed by trying to play with it, to find kind of new tones, to modulate the intensity of the voice and the vibrato in the voice. And then he was not only pursuing to create kind of a new musical genre, but as well to have more like a vocal, soft style, a little bit nasal, and without vibrations. So he was really inspired of trying something new, but he tried to go to many discographies to sell his music to get a contract, well, to sign a contract, but all of these discographics didn't like the genre that much, and even nowadays there is a huge criticism on Bossa Nova because people believe that this is a genre for artists, well, artists between brackets that do not know how to sing. But at the end, he found a guy that was Antonio Carlos Jovim, when he finally got signed up for the discography called Odeon. And well, there he met this guy who became his main composers for the songs, and then you had as well there the poet Vinicius de Moraes, who was usually the one writing the lyrics for the songs. And we can say that Bossa Nova is like a declaration of love to Rio de Janeiro, and it's a converted rhythm that has a shift like worldwide recognition. And you can see there that it has like a combination of samba sounds, jazz sounds, classic music sounds. There is a 
huge discussion nowadays on whether it was jazz that actually influenced bossa nova so it's quite nice to understand like this dynamic in the music of this region that in spite of not speaking spanish has some spanish sounds in the way the music is articulated or in the way the lyrics are written like the emotion that they try to to pass with the, with the music with the rhythms but I think we're ready to move a little bit more to the north, to the central part of Latin America, to Bolivia, Ecuador, Peru. So what do you have for us today? Well, you are forgiving. First of all, it's impossible not to be excited about Bossa Nova. It's such a beautiful genre. Uh, but yes, so we are moving up to Bolivia with the folkloric group Los Harcas with the song Ave de Cristal, which is a composition that expresses the melancholic and emotional state after a breakup which is a pretty timeless and universal feeling so I really hope you get in the feeling of this song and you enjoy it no se acaba el mundo cuando un amor se va No se acaba el mundo Y no se derrumbará Si fue verdadero Tras sus huellas volverá Si no fue sincero Otro lo reemplazará No se acaba el mundo cuando un amor se va No se acaba el mundo Y no se derrumbará No hay lluvia en el alma Que no acabe con un sol Y se limpie el cielo Cuando deja de llover De llover Y es el Cuando un amor se va, 
No se acabe el mundo y no se derrumbará. Si fue verdadero, tras sus huellas volverá. Si no fue sincero, otro lo reemplazará. No se acabe el mundo cuando un amor se va. No se acabe el mundo y no se derrumbará. What we just heard it was Ave de Cristal from Los Arcas. I really hope that you enjoy it. It's, it's one of the most emotional songs and it's very, very close to my heart. And I really like it, so I hope you enjoy it as well. But a little bit about the musicians. So uh, Los Arcas is a Bolivian folkloric musical assembly founded in 1971, which is actually a very interesting Period, historic period for Latin America, where a lot of these uh, revolutionaries, uh, revolutionary groups started uh, coming up. So actually the name has uh, its origins to a Quechua word that means tremor or like an earthquake. And or it can also be a link to an untuned musical instrument that is in Quechua, also language called harka, which ex express a little bit of the feeling of that fear of a new uh, musical group that is, is starting to incursion a little bit in the musical industry, in the music industry. So about the genre, uh, the folkloric musical genre from, from the Andes actually rescues uh, the, the indigenous culture from, from this region, but not only uh, by the use of the traditional instruments, but also with the lyrics that try to tell the Amerindian story of coloni colonization, struggle, revolution, and of course, uh, love, kinship, community, feelings, and topics that are more common of all human existence. So yeah, that's, uh, that was that song. So what do you think about it, Nicolas? It was really nice. You can really feel the traditional, not only instruments, but like the traditional vibe in the song. And I think it's something really typical from the Andean region in Latin America. So it's something that you can see in, well, in different countries, in Bolivia, as you said, but as well, we see it quite strong in Peru, in Colombia, and I'm sure you see it as well in in, in Ecuador. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, 
Yeah, in Ecuador we are pretty much in the center, can we say a little bit, of, of uh, South America, of the Latin American context. And uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting scenario because we enjoy uh, music that comes from the north with this uh, more Caribbean and, and warm and it's more like dancing and happy, but also... Uh, these sad songs that are very emotional that comes from the Andes or, or even like South as we we enjoy the tango at the beginning. So I think uh, we're in a very privileged position in Ecuador that we can get to enjoy pretty much everything, all the good from Latin America. Definitely. Yes, I totally agree. That's something that you can see quite strongly in Latin America. That is like the combination of all the different genres, well, the possible genres in a single country. So of course you're saying that, for example, Ecuador has like the influence of so many other regions in Latin America, but still it becomes something of their tradition, of their folklore, even though it comes from other countries that are surrounding it. Well, if you compare it with countries here in Europe, it's like if you consider Spain, it's completely isolated to the traditions of France. And France is completely isolated to the traditions in Belgium. So every country has like its own traditions and is limited somehow. But here in Latin America, well, there in Latin America, we we just feel that we are a whole region that can share some culture, cultural aspects. And as well, it's kind of the unity of the region. We don't feel like being limited that, okay, you have that kind of genre, I have to do something completely different, or I just have like a little influence of your country, but I'll shape it to my own way of doing it. So it's something that we create kind of a unity with the genre. So it's, so in general, it's kind of the Latin American vibe, even though there are like small variations in each country, it represents a region. It represents like, Let's say it like this, a whole continent, if you consider South America a continent, a continent separated from the US. Now I think it's time to move on to Colombia in general, now that we're talking a little bit about it. There we can see that there are a lot of genres or subgenres, and Colombia is even considered the uh, País de los Mil Ritmos, that is the country of the Thousand Rhymes, and it has like around 1,025 subgenres only in Colombia, and it's because for every kind of sound, you have like a specific community or a specific indigenous community or even the evolution of these communities that try to recover these sounds and that they make something special with it. It's like variations of the same general genre, but it sounds still different. It represents something different. Even in the lyrics that they contain, it's a different message, the, ones, the one that they try to transmit. So just to give some examples here, we can have, again, the Andinian genre that Stephanie was talking about. But we have, for instance, two variations, that one is in the range of mountains, in the, of the Andinian region, per se, and is the bambuco. So it's something more instrumental. But then you move to the plain region, there you have a joropo, that is still more Andinian, but it's different. It's more like dancing, it's more joyful, and each of these subgenres have like a specific dancing type. You would dance it in a very specific way, and I know 
as well, I think it's the, in the Janus, that is the plains, that we have this very funny genre called Karanga. It's a music that has a specific tone that makes you dance from one side to another. So basically the dance is just to jump from one side to another, like with rhythm, and that's the dance. But it's really nice and it's something really traditional there. That was in the Indian region, so that is one of the uh, music sources in Colombia, and the other one is of the coast. And the ones of the coast, we have examples like Aguabajo, that is in the Chocó, that is of the Pacific region, or you have the Mapale, the Cumbia, which are other sounds more like in the Caribbean part of Colombia. And there in the Caribbean, the most representative genre is the Vallenato. The next song will actually be a Vallenato, so you can feel a little bit the vibe of what it is. So compared to the other sounds that we've already listened from Latin America, this is something more joyful. You feel that you're in the coast, celebrating with some cold beers, that you are dancing, enjoying a party, enjoying the time, and we have a term in Colombia, I don't know if you have it as well, Stephanie, in Ecuador, that is parranda. <laughs> of course we have it. <laughs> parranda or farra. Yeah, exactly. And, well, in Colombia, I don't know if it's the same case in your country, when we refer to parranda, it's something more like to these kind of genres, like traditional genres as vallenato, merengue. But if we talk about something more young, we would go with the term of farra. So I think that farra is more like for younger people and paranda is for older people. But I don't know how is it in, how is it in your country? Yeah, I think that paranda is something uh, more for like small towns as well, no? Like uh, more traditional, something that happened, uh, I don't know, in the center of a town in front of a church and everybody is invited. No, I think uh, I'll make also that comparison. That's true, that's true. Uh, I hadn't seen it in that way, but it's true. Usually when you mention parrandas, it's something more local. While farras, it doesn't have like that local atmosphere at all. It's more like general, you can have a party, but it's not that local. So so it's true, I think in, indeed you're right there. And, and well, going back to the vaginato, so the vaginato is one of the most traditional genres in Colombia and it has been well known around the world and even we have some TV shows based on the biggest uh, figures in vaginato. But what we must understand of vaginato, first of all, is that it is of the Caribbean region, of course, that it has reached a huge popularity around the world and the name comes from the way people are called in a specific region that is called Valledupar in Colombia. And what is special of the traditional vallenato, or the authentic vallenato, because now we have so many versions that are even combined with urban music, are that they use only three instruments that don't require any amplification at all. So it's not like with some genres that you're forced to have some connections to play songs, but with this genre you can just go to the street, have a party, you can go to the beach, have a party, you can even have a party in the middle of a bar where no connections are, a random party that you just have a guitar, you have these three instruments, and you can have it. You can enjoy it, you can be so joyful, and you don't really need like a, a setup for it. These three instruments are la caja, la guacharaca, y el acordeón diatónico. So the caja is like a box. <laughs> it literally is a box, but it sounds very nice. A guacharaca, just, just Google it, because I cannot explain what a guacharaca is. It's something very complex to explain. And the accordion is the accordion, but it is a specific kind that it was first originated in Vienna, but it later evolved, and in Latin America what is special is that you use the whole components of the accordion in the same song, compared to European uses of the accordion. As well, it's very common sometimes to have other percussion in it, but those are like the main instruments. 
our next song is uh, Vallenato. It's called El Higuerón by Binomio de Oro. Enjoy it. Debajo, debajo del liguerón, debajo del liguerón Debajo, debajo del liguerón donde siempre te esperaba Debajo, debajo del liguerón, debajo del liguerón Debajo, debajo del liguerón donde siempre te esperaba Allí me diste tu amor, yo también mi amor te daba Allí me diste tu amor, yo también mi amor te daba Llora corazón, dado un consuelo a mi alma, debajo del liguerón, donde siempre te esperaba. No busques negra, que yo me muera, como me dejas, pasando pena. No busques negra, que yo me muera, como me dejas, pasando pena. So we just uh, heard a ligueron from Binomio de Oro. What a beautiful vallenato. I'm actually getting pretty nostalgic with all this music. And uh, I think it's time to move a little bit more to the north. And this time I am so happy to finally introduce a salsa. I think salsa is the musical genre, probably the most popular. So a little bit about the, the story. 
of of salsa is um is very interesting because salsa was born in the United States actually in New York around uh the 1940s um actually created by this this um these communities of afro cubans who started uh mixing also this this um so it's basically the song cubano but also some several um caribbean genres but jazz as well and other uh, north american rhythms um in this mambo era so actually uh, here is where it started but salsa was just consolidated as a success in the 1960s and uh where we're gonna listen to is um is a song called La Libertad from Frankie Ruiz and Frankie Ruiz is um an American born but with Puerto Rican uh roots salsa singer and he is actually one of the most important uh, most important representatives of what is the salsa romántica or romantic salsa subgenre Uh, that became very popular in the 80s and 90s, so it's more contemporary. And among non-Latinos, some people have admitted that it's his music they're responsible for their interest in salsa and even the Spanish language. So uh, I'm really happy to present this song. It's one of my favorites and what we're going to listen to. I can read even like an extract of this song and it says, I want to sing again and to visit my friends <laughs> and under the lights of my of my town my hometown to talk to my friends and in a nice party celebrate my freedom so i think in times of of coronavirus it's really good to remember that we are going to go back to our normal lives and we are going to be able to to get together with our friends and to celebrate and it's good also this time that we have to cherish those moments and you know think about what is really important in life here it goes i hope you like it this is la libertad by frankie ruiz Cenicero que va a reventar La misma historia triste y sin final El mismo cuento de nunca acabar Y la carcajada de otra madrugada
Cachimba. That was La Libertad by Frankie Reese. It was very nice. Uh, you almost got me here dancing a little bit. And now we are ready to move finally to our last country, there is Mexico. So we know that there are three main genres in Mexican traditional music. These are the Norteña, La Ranchera y Los Corridos. Today we'll be listening to a Ranchera, that is one of the most popular and I would say the most traditional genre in Mexico. And it's something very funny, it's a genre that is romantic and sentimental and you can find its origins in the 19th century and it was born in the state of Jalisco in Mexico. But it had a huge diffusion between 30s and the 40s of the 20th century in the hand of what we all know as the mariachis. So I know that even if you do not speak Spanish, Mariachi is a word that you should know for sure. Because are like these musical groups that are all dressed up like in black and gold suits and then they have this huge hat, there is the typical Mexican hat that even some TV shows and films that want to make fun of Latin Americans, they make it like a nacho hat that you can put like guacamole in, <laughs> like in the little gaps of the hat. But it's, it's very traditional, it's something really nice. And... And yet, these characters, these mariachis, have as well been famous in the radio, in the cinema. And right now, it's something very funny in the whole Latin America thing, or at least in my country, that when you want to have like a little gathering and you want to celebrate a birthday or something very important, you can actually hire these people and they would come play some songs that you pay for either 5 or 10 songs and the price is different. And then they come with their instruments, they sing, that you have a good time and then they go. And it's something really normal. It's not like something that you would do only on fancy scenarios, but it's something that you are like, okay, uh, I'm celebrating this. Why don't we just invite some mariachis to sing and play some songs? And to close a little bit with the Mexican part and unfortunately with this show, some of the topics that are considered in this genre are like more rural countries, more of the uh, of the countryside, and you want to have this kind of natural atmosphere. But even if you're having like these topics in your songs in this genre, you can still have the feeling there. A fun fact is that most rancheras consider as well a topic like the heartbreaking relationships. So you have songs where you complain about the faith love or about jealousy. So, so it's, it's really interesting and the lyrics are amazing. You can make a lot of fun with the lyrics, but it's something really traditional and it's something really beautiful and really, really nice. Unfortunately, this is our last 
song, the one that is coming ahead. But before closing, I want to thank you, Stephanie, for being here with us today. It was such a pleasure to have this Latin American vibe with you. Thank you so much, Nicolas, for inviting me. It's um, yeah, it's it's such an honor you know, to give a little bit like a sneak peek uh, of this musical journey to South America, which is just like uh, yeah, but it's if you you will understand this, it's like so difficult to explain in an hour what is uh, South America, even just the musical context. But yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it was such a pleasure. And, and well, for all the people interested, remember that we are having this show as well in Spanish. So if you want to stay around and listen to us speaking Spanish, like having some more other Latin American vibes, and you're gonna stay, and if not, you will always find it on Spotify. So remember to follow us on our social media. You can find us on our website, thevoiceluven.ve or vito.ve in the voice tab. On Facebook as The Voice International Student Publication. In Instagram as thevoice.kluven or The Voice Student Magazine. And on Spotify, podcast.com and Mixcloud as The Voice on Radio. Having said this... Thank you very much for being here with us one more time for an amazing show. This next and last song is Volver Volver by Vicente Fernandez. Este amor apasionado anda todo alborotado por volver. Voy camino a la locura y aunque todo me tortura, sé querer. Nos dejamos hace tiempo, pero me llegó el momento de perder. Mucha razón Le hago caso al corazón Y me muero Por volver Y volver, volver Volver A tus brazos Otra vez Llegaré hasta donde Hace tiempo, pero me llegó el momento de perder. Tú tenías mucha razón, le hago caso al corazón y me muero por volver y volver, volver. Donde estés, 
Quiero volver, volver, volver 